That's some sensational catch. Absolutely brilliant from Hooper. Was hit back firmly by Maiello. Hammered down the ground. It could fly all the way for a maximum. It's going to soar into the sky. That's the six they needed. That's 50 for Furbrush. What a knock that is from him. Outstanding striking. And that six brings Guernsey back into the game. Could be a catch. Oh. What a catch. One-handed grab. And that's Josh Butler, the captain. Oh, my days. We have been treated to some catches in this tournament. Welcome to Guernsey Cricket's podcast. I'm Ben Furbrush, Cricket Development Manager. And on this podcast, we're going to be chatting to players old and new, coaches, administrators, and hopefully a few other cricketing keen beans along the way. On today's podcast, we speak to the man who does this. And again, Brazilad at his best. Terrific stuff. Welcome to the podcast, Tim Bresnan. Pretty impressive CV. How have you been doing in lockdown? Uh, yeah, all right. Enjoying it, weirdly. Um, <laughs> it's, like, it's a little mini sort of taste of retirement, I reckon. Um, <laughs> play with the kids most days, uh, sit in the garden, a cup of coffee, get, on the, get out on my bike, do a bit of running. Yeah. Hmm, sounds a amazing. A few jobs, jobs around the house, but they're running out now. <laughs> that sounds even uh, better yeah I know yeah. yeah I was actually listening uh, to a, a rugby podcast the other day with uh, Jamie George on it and he actually reckons it's going to prolong the careers of quite a few of the sort of elder rugby players do you think that's going to be the same in, in cricket as well I think it's all about your desire to carry on playing um, I can see what he's he's coming from sort of letting your body recover and you know letting your knocks recover this and other sort of it can knock a few years off just having that winter off Never mind a winter and a summer. Yeah. So yeah. have a full year off playing. Um, talking about cars, you know, it's been sat in the drive for how long? Yeah. It's not. It's not going down in value, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one's been putting any miles on it, any wear and tear into it. So, are you guys doing any sort of, of training in regards to actual cricket skills? Um. Well, we're still on furlough, so right. Um. It's. Yeah, we, we kind of, um, if we do want to do that, it's at our own sort of leisure. Right, okay, and, yeah. Um, perceived as just for fun, really. Um, to be honest, I'm bowling enough at the young'uns in the garden. Yeah. So. <laughs> How's that getting going? My in. <laughs> yeah, good. Getting my overs in. Getting a bit of a stiff neck because <laughs> I keep watching it disappear into next door. <laughs> So if we sort of rewind back to the start, how did cricket all sort of start out? Was it your dad got you into it? Um, from a cricketing family, really. So um played as a youngster behind the score box while my dad used to play out in the middle uh, just with tennis ball. And there was like obviously five or six kids whose dads played in the team. Um, and then... From a young young age, we started in under 11s, I think it was. So I always played for them, even when I was like seven. And I got picked for Yorkshire under 11s in that year as well. So, um, And then I was in the system then. Um, just played whenever I could. Uh, you know what it's like as a young kid, you're like, you're gutted when it rains, aren't you? Yeah, and then when you get older, obviously you're buzzing when it rains. Yeah. <laughs> Play role yeah, reversal. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, did you play any other, any other sports at a young age? Played a bit of football. Some me and my brother we we actually got sort of 
on these pathways, like Leeds United pathways type thing. It was right. back in the day. Um, but we had to sort of turn around and say to him, oh, look, can't come next week. Uh, I've got a Yorkshire game. So <laughs> that was kind of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think I, I always knew that I had more chance of making it at, uh, at cricket than football, obviously, from there. And then just played a lot of like junior rep stuff, obviously county stuff, um, north of England stuff, then um, England under-15s. Um, and then and then I made my county debut for Yorkshire the year after, 16. So you mentioned it there, your county debut 2001, becoming the youngest player in 20 years at the age of 16. That must have been a real honour as a born and bred Yorkshireman. I mean, at the time, it didn't really resonate. You know, you're just kind of enjoying yourself, playing a bit of cricket. Um, and, you know, suddenly you just, you sat next to your heroes in this room, like Goffey, um, Craig White, Hoggard, Sidebottom, Darren yeah. Lehman, Gavin, all these lads that you like, sort of idolised as a kid to watch on TV whenever Yorkshire players. And then suddenly you you sat next to him just like, how cool is this kind yeah. of thing? Yeah. No, I mean, it's a pretty impressive dressing room to, to be involved in with, with all those names. Um, you obviously went on to play for the England under-19s as well. When I had Harry Finch on the podcast, he sort of spoke about the coaches he got to work with. Who was involved in the under-19s when, when you got into that? Jesus, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> We're going back a few years now. <laughs> uh, uh, I think Tim Boone. Right. So I, I actually played quite a few years of under-19 stuff. Uh, so the first coach was uh, Graham Savile and Tim Bone. Um, and then I worked with Paul Fabris. Oh, right. Uh, as well. So Fabri did one of, our, one of, one of the tours um, down to Australia. And I think the following summer, I opted out. <laughs> uh, I reckon because they do it on like this point system. So, like, if you've got enough points, you don't have to play England 19s. You can play for your county. Right, okay. Obviously, I was, I was playing county cricket at the time. So, um, the club were obviously keen for me to opt out of as what they called Tim Pot. <laughs> they were effectively just friendlies, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, but, yeah. And you know, I guess I it's like for... sort of wear and tear, particularly as a, uh, a seamer, you know, you have... <laughs> wear and tear on your body, probably not great at a young age. Did you always start out as, as more of a bowling all-rounder or did you bat a bit more as a youngster? Yeah, um, I batted quite a bit higher than, well, I batted as high as like three, four right. uh, as a kid. You know, it's just like when you're a kid, you just, um, when you're pretty good, you don't, you end up wicket-keeping and making teas. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, just jack of all, so, um, yeah, I just ended up doing that. But, you know, as as I progressed sort of let the batting slip by the wayside so to speak um because I was being picked as a seamer um and they were shoving me in at nine ten. but then after a few years of that I was like right let's let's get back onto this work on my game turn myself into a bit of an all-rounder seem to seem to work do all right yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> your, your stats sort of don't lie so they're pretty impressive when you go on sort of tours and stuff with Yorkshire who, who's your roomie on tour balance how's he to room with obviously listen to your podcast <laughs> <laughs> he's pretty he's a good lad you know he's pretty good pretty chilled is, is he ever in <laughs> like, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, at the appropriate time, though, you won't you won't see him for dust. Yeah, I mean, he's just very professional when it, when you need to be professional, and then you know when you need to. Obviously, on pre-season, you do get a chance to cut loose a bit. With that, have you got any real funny cricketing stories? Uh, ones that have happened on the pitch? On the pitch. I mean, it can be off the pitch as well. <laughs> well yeah. Some of those aren't so clean. <laughs> no, exactly. On the pitch, I think. Um, Actually, I, I played in the game in a. It was a Roses game. Oh, it was a T20. I don't know if it was Roses. And Jack Rudolph threw one in from the edge and uh, shot down a pigeon. I remember that. That was on Sky. Yeah, it was on Sky. Yeah, yeah I remember and that. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, it wasn't like particularly funny, obviously, for the pigeon or anyone <laughs> like, in the ground. But the thing that was quite amusing so Jack's taken it over to the. He's picked it up, taken it over to the the size it was like brown bread honestly like it killed it dead <laughs> put it on the thing and some geezer jumped over the over the boards like one of the fans and decided to try and give it like cpr so he's like <laughs> on top of it giving it little chest compressions <laughs> and then like blowing into his mouth so all this is on the big screen i don't know if you caught it at home but, but yeah that was pretty funny who's the best player you've played with or against uh, with probably K- kp Against, I'm going to say, Tendulkar. In India, Tendulkar. Obviously, we played him in England and he, he's obviously not as good as what he is when he's in, in India. Yeah. Uh, Pujara, pretty good in India as well. Like in England, swing nick, shower time. Yeah. Uh, probably, probably, yeah, Tendulkar. Oh, Coley, Williamson. I don't know. You could just sort of reel them off, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Have you any favourite cricketing memories that stand out more than the others? Yeah, obviously, like World Cup winning that um, in 2010-11. Yeah, so actually uh, on that World Cup, I've, I've made a couple of notes on there. You, you played in every single game uh, in that World Cup. That was sort of, uh, I don't know if it was like the, the golden years of English cricket for a period there. Obviously, that, I'll go on to talk about the Ashes, but... Played in the Ashes as well, following that. But the World Cup must have been pretty special. Um, yeah, unbelievable. Like good times. Um, yeah, phenomenal team that we had, and everyone knew their role. Everyone was so clear on what they what they were supposed to be doing and exactly what time they were supposed to be doing it. There's only a couple of times I think during the whole um, group games and you know knockouts where we where we had to go to plan B. Like it just it just became that plan that we implemented so well um and worked so well. And when when that happens, um, you know you're gonna go far in the comp. Yeah, uh, Luke Wright, obviously we've got a bit of a connection with Luke, he brother of Ash that used to be coaching in Guernsey. Um yeah. he, he mentioned the fact that Collinwood was sort of like a bit ahead of his time in terms of captaincy, sort of like a uh, a then sort of Morgan figure, if you like. Um, yeah. And that must have massively helped as well. Obviously, that helped England this summer. Yeah, it did. Um, I think, you know, Morgan learned a lot from Collie and his captaincy during that time. You know, he was, let's take them on, boys. You know, like, let's, not not stupid, but like contr- controlled aggression. Like, yeah, you know where your boundaries are, back your 110%. Um, if you, we know what your shots are. If you've played a shot, in the, if you've been practicing a shot in the nets and you want to play it, that's absolutely fine. Um, or if we know that that's your shot and you want to play it, that's fine and you get out. You know what? 
no one cares. If you go and do something that you've not maybe practiced and maybe put the time in and working to do, and it doesn't work, then that's when there'll be a little bit of a comeuppance. But as far as our preparation went, like we were so focused and brilliant at that. But then we got the dime town as well. We were like adults. Um, There was no curfews. There was no, we're in the Caribbean. So you've got to enjoy yourself, haven't you? We played a lot of golf. In fact, a couple of times we said, oh, let's not train today. Let's just go play golf. So we had a full full team golf day a couple of times. One at Apes Hill and one at uh, one in St. Lucia somewhere, I think. Like, pretty awesome time, in, I think, in, in everyone's careers that were there. It, it sounded pretty epic from the, the stories you hear from there. It, alongside, obviously, Yorkshire, you've played for, for Perth Scorchers uh, and won the big bash with them. How was that? That must have been, again, completely different to playing for sort of Yorkshire or playing in England particularly. Yeah, I mean, again, like, obviously that was a fair few years later. And I think, like, the the Scorchers, they were so successful over that period of time. I think their, their finals, sort of when getting into semi-finals ratio is pretty much every year, I think. And then they've won it, like, four times or something. But their attention to detail is very, very, like, it's thorough. Um, yeah. You can see why Lang is a good coach and has gone on to coach Australia. But they have a different way of thinking. So they, rather than implement the same plan against every team, they they might change the team, our team, just yeah. to combat someone in their lineup. Right, okay. Um, which is pretty unheard of. You know, like, talk about matchups and yeah. sort of selecting a team and everyone bought, bought into that. So it was absolutely fine. So, like... You'd have off-spinners playing against, say, Melbourne Renegades. It just won't get picked because he knew that you bowl off-spin against the Renegades. You got Finch, Stoinis, uh, yeah. all these guys just absolutely belt the sh- belt the crap out of you. <laughs> yeah. Like they average like whatever the stats will be out, and they'll average 160 at a strike rate of over 300 against off-spin. So it's like, right, well, I know I'm not going to play if I'm not. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So yeah, like specific matchups against different teams and even down to individual players um, was very, very forward thinking for me and quite an eye opener. Yeah, I suppose that's almost like sort of baseball style in a way where you sort of pick specific players for specific roles. Um, yeah, I mean, yes. even, even down to, yeah, like you telling the other seamers, right, you're not allowed to bounce this guy. Like, or... <laughs> Yeah, the only place you're allowed to bowl to this guy is wide yorkers, like that specific. Right. Um, and it worked. You obviously made your England debut uh, in ODIs first in 2006 and against Sri Lanka. And then you didn't actually go on to play test cricket until sort of three years later. You were sort of pigeonholed a bit of a one-day player. Was there any sort of reason why that was? Were you better skilled with a, with a white ball? No, um, there wasn't room in the test team. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think I was sort of, I was rushed into that anyway, like 2006. Obviously, they didn't want to play Hoggard. Um, they didn't want to play Harmison in one-day cricket either. Yeah. Uh, but he ended up playing. So it was it was a very young team we, went, we took on Sri Lanka with. Um, the main test boys, I think they were resting. Like They'd just come off the back of a load of cricket. So they threw 10 lads. Uh, what was it? Six six lads in at the deep end. Go, here's your England debut, mate. Like... <laughs> crack on sort of thing um so yeah I, th- I think I was a little bit too young and it hadn't quite worked it out but obviously three years later then I love a lot of cricket under my belt in those three years um not just in England but Australia 
places like that. So, yeah, no, I, it was definitely uh, spurred me on to yeah. to realise how good I had to be. Yeah, and then obviously the one of the highlights, uh, 2010-11 Ashes, you replaced Steve Finn after the first test, I think it was? No, it was, so he played up until Perth did Finney. Right. So I only played the last two tests for the Melbourne and Sydney. Yeah, he was actually England's leading wicket taker in the yeah. in the three tests that he played, but they they dropped him ruthlessly um, for being a bit expensive. And you can see, you know, why they just wanted to belt him, like yeah. the Aussies just belted him everywhere. He obviously picked up wickets, yeah, because um, they were just ultra aggressive. But yeah, obviously, England thought that. Even though he's picking up wickets, he's going for a hell of a lot of runs here, and we need to just stem the flow a little bit. Yeah, so I remember the one in Sydney. I was actually in Australia that year, so I was actually doing an overseas season, um, right. playing for club side in Sydney. I'm pretty sure you got a quick fire. I don't know, forty maybe at the back end of the the first innings. Yeah, I think so. I was batting with Matty P. Matty was on hundred. Matty got a hundred. Yeah, uh, prior, and then. Um, I think Cook got 100 in pretty much every game, didn't he? He was on fire yeah. that series. Yeah. And then we got we, we kind of got the signal, the lads to take the safeties off and uh, <laughs> play a few. So, had a bit of fun and whacked it a bit. And then we just went out and rolled them twice. So, yeah. yeah. No, I remember nice. turning up to day five was particularly pleasurable when they literally wasn't a single Aussie in the crowd. And uh, I think it was free entry as well, so... Uh, yeah, the we, only, we, we only had a couple of wickets to get, I think. Three wickets, yeah, maybe. Yeah. And that's when like Steve Smith, I think, was batting down at like nine or something. He was in as a leggy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, which that's is like right, yeah. crazy yeah. to think. But that, that series obviously must have just been unbelievable. It looked like England were just playing with sort of freedom and confidence again, sort of what we were saying about the, the T20 World Cup. Yeah, I mean... I think we were just so successful. I mean, in between the World Cup and the Ashes, we'd beaten pretty much everyone they put in front of us. Like at the end of I think 2000, was it 11? Oh, it might have been afterwards, might have been before. Like we beat India as well. Um, yeah. We were just we just couldn't lose. Like we were number one well, in the world in all I, three finals. I read a stat that you your your first 13 games you played in for England, they won every single one. <laughs> Which is That's, yeah, test matches. Yeah. Yeah, test matches. But I was like. Uh, I didn't play every game, obviously. I was just like drafted in um, yeah. here and there. So I went on every tour. I think my first overseas tour with England was... So I made my debut at home and then went to Bangladesh, I think. And I ended up playing there and then we won one out there. Uh, and then, yeah, like it just kicked on from there. And it just, it just like play a game here, get dropped yeah. there, or someone else is fit. Like they've got your spot. It's just like... It's obviously heartbreaking, but yeah, I was gonna say it must be pretty tough. You know, obviously you want to play every game for your country if you can. That's um, right, yeah. Um, did, did that sort of spur you on? I suppose your sort of character is that that would probably made you want it more, whereas yeah, others it would probably affected. I remember I kept having a word with uh, in Andy's ear. <laughs> I was like, sort of, <laughs> as it got to about nine or ten, that had one on the on the bounce. It got a little bit like the media had picked it up. Yeah. No, like, oh, he could break Gilly's record. So, like, after the eleventh, so after I think that was in Colombo. So I just sort of nudged him on the bus. I just went, "It's eleven, mate." <laughs> He's like, "I'm aware." <laughs> like, you know, in a stern face. <laughs> like, can't drop me now, can you, coach? Like, 
He's like, you know the rules, bro. <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> but yeah, no, good times. Like, good time to be an England cricketer, really. We're just turning up, dicking on everyone and yeah, saying thanks for the game, lads. Yeah. Yeah, obviously now the focus looks like it's gone more on, on one-day cricket, obviously, even though now the, the one-day comp is, doesn't actually exist in, in England, or it's not a, uh, it's, I think it's a first-class game, isn't it? It's not a... Yeah, I think, obviously, it's four-year cycles, isn't it? So, yeah. if you look at what happened in the World Cup in Australia, like England was that woeful, I don't think they won a game, did they? Um, I know, I don't, don't know if they might have won one, but yeah, they, they were horrendous. Yeah, so... And I think the, they made a massive concerted effort through a load of how do we do this, how do we do that. Our target is World Cup England um, 2019. And you know what? They've achieved their goal. They've smashed it. Uh, obviously, that probably came down to sort of, I don't know if it was more, they, they sort of always went for the same team in sort of tests one day as, um, I guess, T20 was that, that sort of year in the T20s, that 2010 yeah, that was probably the first time they've actually picked people who were like, specific to their roles in a way. So sort of like your yeah. keys better your lum, they used to go up top and give it a whack, which yeah. that, I don't know if that was England ahead of their time because uh, a lot of the team was just picking the same blokes sort of week in, week out for whatever format. Do you know what? I think, I think we were. And like when you've got a bloke and you, you, you call up a guy, Mike Yardy, like yeah. unbelievable at his role at T20 cricket, ball a few darts, very rarely goes the distance picks up wickets and can whack a few down the bottom like absolutely ideal for T20 and to that fit into that team that we had like obviously Swanee one end him the other um, yeah. just through the middle overs just literally put the brakes on any team blokes like that gold dust really played his role perfectly yeah and then sort of moving on from there you obviously were involved in the uh, 2013 series down under, um, which yep. didn't quite get a plan. Um, oh no, that was uh, that was a rough, rough series. That I think I was injured. I'm pretty sure I was injured. Yes, I was. I had a stress fracture at the end of because we played them back to back, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. We played them at home. We play. We play, I, I don't know why we ended up playing them back to back, but that was to avoid the uh, to w- avoid the World Cup. And then I think we beat them at home and then we just pitched up down under thinking we're going to like roll them out. And uh, yeah, yeah they, they were just too good for us. They'd obviously done their prep a lot better than we'd done our prep. I had a stress fracture, I think, and travelled, just about made the plane, even though I was told that you're not playing until at least Adelaide. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> like not even competitive cricket, like not even bowling a ball in a match in anger. Uh, until we got to Adelaide, so I was like, "Yeah, that's not good." So basically, had a, a bit know, of a holiday week, for three weeks, ten, <laughs> ten week holiday, yeah, <laughs> ten week holiday. It's like three weeks on the prep, four weeks on the carrying the drinks, and a, yeah. and a week, a couple of weeks off in between. Did you sort of feel undercooked? Obviously, I know you were injured going into it, but did you feel like you know a lot less prepared than two thousand and ten, eleven? Um, I don't think it was a, an issue of preparedness. I think it was an issue of burnout, really. Like, right. lads were hanging out, like, bits hanging off everyone, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'd had a stress here, might pee half an Achilles. Swanee obviously retired on that one. Yeah. Um, 
pumped through his fingers after we got to Mel. Oh, no, he pretty much gave up in Perth. Yeah, it was just uh, a. Yeah, the obviously well documented what happened to Trotty. Yeah. Um, the lads were just. We put so much into everything that we'd done. Don't forget, we were practicing at the same intensity as what we were playing at. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it was just unsustainable. And obviously, we got. It was found to be unsustainable. So the amount of injuries and lads with you know other stuff going on that put us in a bit of a hole. Yeah, I, I, did, I did actually just think back about um, a story you have told me when you sort of say about training with intensity. Do you want to share the one where you were bowling at Stephen Davies in the nets? Uh, <laughs> that's uh, we were talking about coaching philosophies, weren't we? Yeah, it's yeah. Not, it's not supposed to be a funny story, man. <laughs> um, no, it was. Uh, in the England Academy and they do weird and wonderful things to to try and, you know, challenge you in nets basically. When the, yeah. you know, you're in the indoors and it's minus three outside and you're at Loughborough, you've been up since five in the morning wrestling each other in judo or something, just to try and keep it interesting. Now we were doing a net session and where he had to hit the middle of the bat every time and I had to hit an area between five and five and eight metres or six and eight metres or something, um, which I'd picked. <laughs> so I was, uh, I was like, hang on a minute. So I, if I set my length as full, full tosses, I could just run up and bowl full tosses. And like Kev Shine at the time was like, well, I suppose, yeah, like you've found a bit of a loophole. But I was like, right, okay. Well, I want my length to be right there, literally in front of my fit. I can't miss it. Like, how am I going to? There's no consequence <laughs> for me, but he won't be able to hit it. <laughs> like, so anyway, I decided on five to eight metres. Um, and yeah, I, I overpitched and he nicked off. So we're both in the 7am spin session. I was like, this is bullshit. This is BS. <laughs> I've actually done my job as a bowler and got the wicket, but I, here I am being punished for it. Yeah. Um, in a, in a like, 6am spin session next day. I just thought this is just where the this is where the sort of coaching consequence training sort of falls down a little bit. Yeah, so sort of you mentioned it there. Obviously, um, we met on our level threes in in Hove uh, earlier yeah. on, sort of this year. Is that something that you're sort of setting up for the future? Then you you know potentially going into more coaching role. You, you have mentioned to us as well about you know you have sort of always been coaching as much as you've been playing, talking to the youngsters in the squads. Yeah, I think I think it's always good to share your experience, and I think that's why I learned a lot about the game. Obviously, I walked into a dressing room not more, not like still being very wet behind the ears, yeah. and listening to blokes like Darren Goff and Craig White and Darren Lehman and you know Dave Bias and all these guys um, who basically taught me the game by you know talking me through it. And then when you get into situations when you're actually out in the middle and you're thinking, oh, hang on a minute, what was that thing that Dave Bias told me in the bar that time. Yeah, let's try this, you know? Like, usually stick two men out and bomb him. Like, <laughs> that was Dave Bias' way. <laughs> but yeah, like, that's kind of kind of what I've tried to do with the younger lads um, at Yorkshire and, you know, whoever else I play with, really. Um, I think it's always good to, to pick each other's brains and actually talk about the game. I think the kind of that has gone out of the game a little bit, like, you know, sharing a beer in the sheds after after yeah. play. 
um, is seen as very, you know, taboo now. Whereas, you know, lads are in ice baths and sucking down the protein shakes, like getting in the car and going home for a good night's rest. Like, you know, pack your kit bag and straight out of there before the before the final ball's gone down. Some of them. So, yeah, I think the 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 lost art of the old have a beer and have a chat has kind of have gone from the game a bit, which is a shame. Yeah, no, we, it's actually something that's come up on sort of our stuff as well. Uh, fortunately for us, obviously we're not professionals in Guernsey, um, so we are partial to to a beer after the game. But you know, whenever we have a coach over anyone, just chewing the fat off, you know, having a pint and chatting about cricket is nothing actually better for us because we actually gain so much. I know last year we had James Franklin over and actually just chatting to him, his experiences playing all over the world, playing T Twenty cricket, um, and yeah. now going into coaching. Actually, just having a chat with him was was amazing. Uh, and that was only proper, two or three hours. Proper bloke as well, isn't he? Yeah, good lad. Yeah. yeah, he <laughs> yeah. plays the game the right way. Yeah. Remember him chipping out during lob-ups. Brilliant. Got to his <laughs> average and chipped up. Like, <laughs> literally, he was begging. Like, he could have smashed 100, begging for it. It's like, nah, I'm not having them, them on my stats. <laughs> I want proper runs only. Brilliant. <laughs> Um, also, whilst I was doing a bit of research on you, you've got a couple of nicknames come up on Wikipedia. Through my uni yeah. days, I know Wikipedia is not not the most it's reliable not. source. But uh, Go on, I, tell me the one because I did a <laughs> I did a podcast with a couple of lads uh, who got in touch on Instagram like a couple of weeks ago, and they were like, "Oh, tell me about this nickname." And I can't, <laughs> I can't remember for life. And toilet roll. Or yeah. So, I've, well, I've, obviously, Brez and Brezzy lad are pretty self-explanatory, um, but there's yeah. Big Time and Crayon. Crayon, that's it. I thought it was toilet roll, but it's crayon. Yeah, I've, big time has never been one of my names. Uh, and neither has uh, crayon. I, I don't really know what's going on there, to be honest. Yeah, no. I, I, well, I've never heard you being called them on any of the courses we've been on, but... No, someone's having my eyes out, I reckon. Can you flag it? <laughs> Wikipedia's got me for uni. I'd never do that. <laughs> Bowled him! Beautiful bit of bowling from William Peatfield. The stump comes crashing out the ground, and that's a big wicket here in Guernsey versus Denmark at the KG5. That's the first wicket. Letizia is the one who strikes. He gives it a big celebration. He writes it up in a book. He notes it down and sends them off. You can add Manpreet Singh to that list. That's the breakthrough Letizia needed. That's the breakthrough Guernsey needed. And that's the breakthrough that Mark Ladder to my left wants a big smile on his face. And a wonderful shot there. Cover drive for four. Stokes already finding the boundary twice in this game. So moving a little bit onto sort of uh, teammates at Yorkshire at current. Um, just a few sort of quick fire ones, slightly stolen off Soccer AM's teammates from way back in the year. Yeah, um, love that. But uh, who's the player's player in the dressing room? Who's everyone thinks the gun? Gaz. Yeah, Gaz. so he's, he seems to always actually be just churning out runs and banging runs, but, you know, never, never get a look in again for England, unfortunately, by the looks of things, and but still bangs runs for fun. Yeah, well, that's that's what he does. He does what he does. Like, it's not even a surprise anymore when he just churns out a double. Yeah. It's like, yeah, gets a little bit embarrassing at times. But yeah, he just he just does what he does. He's he's just an awesome player. So down to earth as well, and just a really good bloke. Uh, who's the messiest in the dressing room? Um, probably me. 
<laughs> it's worrying when you have to think about it and you can't think of anyone else. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm getting, oh, I'm getting better. I suppose I'm getting better because I lose a load of stuff. So I, I used to have a load of space, and I've over the last couple of years, Harry Brooks come into my corner, which I don't necessarily mind, but I just have to be a bit tidier, otherwise I lose all my lose all my stuff and to pin his kit back. <laughs> Who's the joker in the team? Everyone. <laughs> there's, there's nothing actually better than a cricket dressing room with just loads of bands are flying around and Yeah, no, it's it's pretty much everyone to be honest. If it's quite it's quite a harsh environment. It's probably the harshest environments that I've ever been involved in. Is the arch dressing room. Yeah, you need to be cut from a certain cloth to be able to <laughs> to withstand it. Yeah. Most vain? Who's always in the mirror? Jack Leaning probably was. But he's moved now. So do you know what? We, Yorkies, we don't really not really that fussed for it, you know. Like I mean, when I played for England, especially one day cricket, there was a queue a mile long to get to the mirror before you go out to play. But yeah, no, we're not that fussed to be honest. Lads walk out with the jumps on back to front and stuff like that. <laughs> no one really cares, we just play cricket. <laughs> and who's the teacher's pet? Matt Fisher. Best trainer? Matt Fisher. And then worst trainer. So who just hates being at training, just does the minimal amounts and gets in and gets out? Um, Skills-wise, Steve Patterson. Gym-wise, it's a toss-up between myself and balance, I reckon. That was actually something quite interesting that you came up with on the level three about sort of gymming for, for fast bowlers because uh, you're very much out of the mould of you can get so you can only get so much in the gym, but actually there's nothing better than going out and bowling. Um, yeah. Whereas sort of modern day stuff has moved more S and C and squats and cleans and deadlifts when actually, you know, you're sort of arguing, actually, if I went out and bowled 20 overs, that's better for me because I'm used to bowling and my body's going to get bowling fit. Yeah, that's right. Um you know, I have seen so many injuries, especially to the younger lads. Um, just from, they're like, you know, alpha mailing each other in the gym, lifting, oh, look at this, I've got 320 kegs on my bar. I'm just like, yeah. yeah, but like, can you bowl 20 overs in a day? No. Well, is your job to lift 320 kilos yeah. or is it to bowl 20 overs in a day? Like, I fail to see the correlation, to be honest. I, I do appreciate that you need to be strong um, and fit and, you know, um, the muscles that support you being able to do that need to, to have the correct strength about them. There's no need we need to be uh, Olympic weightlifters. Who's the best dancer? Again, we're not, we're not real dancers, to be honest. We're more pint of mild and local rather than <laughs> strobe lighting in, in, in nightclubs. I can't remember. Like last time I went, I was in a nightclub. Actually, it was probably Brighton, probably in Hove during <laughs> level four, <laughs> level three. No, obviously we're there doing like revision at night and not going out. Yeah, no, we were <laughs> talking about the game in the bar. <laughs> yeah. uh, who's the hard man in the team? Willie. And then likes to, likes thinkers, likes thinkers. <laughs> and who's Mister Grumpy? Patterson, moan about anything. <laughs> and then finally, who's the biggest badger? Uh, well, Tattersall. 
Johnny Tat. His name's actually Badger. Badger Tat. <laughs> Um, just to sort of finish off, I've given you a little bit of a heads up. Just if you come up with your greatest team uh, that you've played with and or, or against, um, uh, or combined, you know, however you want to do it. Obviously, you've played against some pretty impressive players in your time, but far away. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with Cook. This is all, the only the top two are the only ones that have have done me. I'd probably say uh, it's a toss up between Strauss and Trescothic. Obviously, both very, very successful for England. <laughs> yeah. So, Trouss, Trouss Gossett, question mark. Then I'll go, we're playing, we're playing a four-day game, aren't we, obviously? Yeah. Test, we're playing a test match. Right. Route three is where he should be batting, in my opinion. Uh, I go, balance at four, Lehman at five, Darren Lehman, that is fully fit and firing Ben Stokes, at six. Is, is Stokes better than Flintoff in your eyes? Uh, better batsman. And can... I think I think Stokes' bowling outweighs Freddie's batting. Right, if yeah. you get me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But obviously, Freddie's bowling is, like, yeah, right up there. Um, I was going to pick Fred Flintoff as a bowler anyway, so then I'd go... What were we, what we down to? Seven. I'm not playing, yeah. am I? Obviously, I'm well, if, if if you want to bring yourself in, you can. <laughs> you never know. You might be coach of this team now. Probably. Well, they're all old. Um, <laughs> Rashid at seven. No, no. Are we at eight? We're at seven. seven. No, seven. Yeah. Seven. Yeah. Stokes seven. at six. Yeah. Rashid seven. Because he can definitely very... back, can't he? As well. Oh. Which is, yeah. Ch- churns him out for Yorkshire. He's like unbelievable. Should. Should back himself more in uh, in international cricket. Eight, Flintoff. Nine, Broad. Ten, Johnson. But like we're talking, fourteen, fifteen, Johnson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then eleven, Anderson. I mean, there's, there's some team that not many are going to get close to. I enjoy the fact that it's you know uh, all English there as well, actually. So. Which is which apart is, from Lehman. Apart from Lehman, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I've gone played with because if I played, if I went played against, yeah, yeah, like it's just, just too be broad, yeah, too broad, yeah, yeah. Like it bit team at bloody century, <laughs> yeah, and ev- and pretty much everyone's arguing over that. So, yeah, just just a couple of uh, other questions. What's the greatest innings you've ever witnessed being either on the receiving end or actually being in the same team as, as someone that's performed like that? Um, I'd probably say Peterson at Headingley. Um, we all know which one we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, it's just brutal. Like when he's flat batting Dale Stain, bowling 90 miles an hour, back past him off the back of a length. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was just sort of a, a freak in what he could actually do. Um, I think he was he was angry that day, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, uh, quickest bowl you've ever faced or... or... The hardest bowler you've ever faced? Um, quickest, I'd go... Johnson's up there, but I'd probably say Shoaib. Shoaib had a, a quick spell. Not as consistent pace-wise as Johnson, but he had a quick spell in him, obviously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but then Brett Lee did as well. Like, 
Yeah, he just, Brett Lee from, obviously I only witnessed it on TV, but he just never seemed to tire and never seemed to get slower, Brett Lee. No, I remember him bowling, he bowled a 10 overs, he bowled his 10 overs straight through, it was 43 degrees at Adelaide at us. <laughs> <laughs> I was quite happy though. Yeah, <laughs> don't get him in the back. I, I, yeah, I know, I'm facing down the bottom. <laughs> wow, how good's this? It's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then are they up there with the hardest models you faced or is there potentially spinners in there who just yeah hardest would would be Narine before he got called for chucking you just didn't have a clue yeah um, Ajmal who didn't he wasn't a big turner he just turned it enough like either way which yeah. was bamboozling um, yeah and Merlithran. Like yeah, he's free. Yeah, he's... yeah. But uh, you kind of, we got a sort of, a, we had a sort of um, a plan against him. Just hit everything through the offside. And you could kind of pick him on, on his line as well. Because he was that good. You knew if it was straight, it was spinning away from you. And if it was wide, it was turning back into you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He never really messed it up. We, we sort of touched on who the best player that you've played with or against. Who's the hardest person you've had to bowl to? So, you know, you just didn't ever think you could get them out or they just seem to be ahead of you. Probably, probably a B, yeah. Yeah, he, I mean, he was like, probably yeah. that sort of stage, again, like a bit ahead of his time in terms of where he was. I remember the, when was it, World Cup? in Bangladesh T20 World Cup in Bangladesh and he just destroyed us like he was we were bowling wide yorkers at him and he was lap slogging him over a square leg just like yeah. now what <laughs> <laughs> bowling for run outs kind of thing <laughs> um, no that was but I mean people have played innings against us that you just think that's freakish like just turn like Ambler in that yeah. series against South Africa um, he just kept punching out triples. You're like, yeah, not like ball that this lad's bat for long enough now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then, who's uh, the best coach you've worked with as well? Um, I'd say Flower, simply because um, I think he he was fair. He was quite tough. He was hard on you, but it, it was only to get the best out of you, and then. You know what? If you played hard for him, he, he would, yeah. Like, yeah, he, and that, he obviously had that sort of uh, pre-Ashes 2010-11 camp that he did in, was it in Germany? Yeah. How was that? Yeah. Obviously, I've watched The Edge. That Was that just yeah. horrendous? That was the tip of the iceberg, right? On The Edge, that, that The Edge showed. Like, it was brutal. It was five days, early starts, late nights, like... Just getting beasted. Imagine celebrity who dares wins. You know the yeah, celebrity yeah, yeah. essay. It was yeah. exactly the same stuff as what they do on there. Like dunking in cold water, um, milling. We did the milling. Yeah, like where you're punching each other. Um, it didn't um, Anderson break a rib or something in that, did it? Is someone getting yeah, injured? Yeah, yeah. Tremlett, Tremlett punched him, broke his rib. Wow. Well, we wouldn't want to take a punch or Tremlett now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Proper Dolphin London, eh? Yeah. But yeah, like that was yeah, brutal that in um 
call that series in Germany. What else did we do? Just like, yeah, like pick that telegraph pole up and yeah. get it up this, yeah. it up this hill. And you're just like, oh. Because <laughs> obviously you're, you're, you're shattered as well because you're not going to sleep the best out in tents and stuff. <laughs> yeah. The, the, best, the best performance I saw on that trip was Owen Morgan because it was the PCA Awards night, the night before we left. Yeah. Um, so literally lads were turning up to airport hotel in tuxedos, <laughs> like getting changed, giving up to Phil, and then we were leaving at 5 a.m. And Morgs came in about half an hour after the bus was scheduled to leave, but we found him somewhere. <laughs> Just... Wow, a drunken <laughs> man you've never seen. But it, that first day, he just destroyed these like this course. I have no idea to this day how he'd done it. <laughs> like he must have been still gassed, to be fair, like invincible. But these like bricks, these two bricks, like lifting above his head, like doing press ups on them all day, like humping them up and down hills and stuff, like. Hands here was getting cramped yeah. constantly from like, and they were wet as well because it was raining. Oh my god! And if you dropped a brick, that was it. <laughs> End of the world. Like lads, please don't drop your bricks every day. Fifty <laughs> <laughs> like, press ups now. It's like oh my god. But Mogs, yeah, absolutely destroyed it. And then obviously when when you got to Perth, was it? You flew into Perth uh, for the Ashes. You mentioned in the last pod that you allowed a, a team blast out there, which it, it kind of looked like that was like the perfect balance, you know, although you're getting absolutely beasted in, in Germany, it wasn't just straight into Australia beasting you again. No, no. Um, obviously, acclimatising stuff. I, I don't think it was like lads let loose. It was just one of those that got big on us. But, yeah. Um, it got really big. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, like lads were just enjoying each other's company, and I think that's why, you know, we were that close knit and and that that good together and had each other's backs. Yeah. No, yeah. Well, it's actually pretty interesting because we had the similar, obviously not to that scale, but experience in terms of we went to a World Cricket League six, I think it was in Malaysia, and uh, um, we played a couple of warm up games, and you know, after the warm up game, our team manager sort of just, it, I remember him saying. Uh, Look, lads, we've organised, we're going to go to the Hard Rock Cafe, we're going to have some dinner there, a couple of beers. And he said, but don't let, let's not get stupid. And sort of chuckled to himself and laughed. So we all knew yeah. that, he knew what we were like, you know, <laughs> in a massive city thinking, right, here we go, we're going to have a bit of fun here. Um, yeah. But actually, some of the stuff that happens on the night out, it just drags you through. When the chips are down the pitch, you sort of just say, oh, do you remember that? Or come on then, such and such, keep doing this for that or whatever. And, you know, it's, it actually does help you through it because you stuff on a night out is actually quite funny some things that happen exactly and it's the stories the next day that yeah yeah uh, you know class and bring you closer together well it's been good to chat mate thanks very much for jumping on no obviously you, I, I don't have to plug your pod it's, it's getting enough hits as it is <laughs> it's going all right mate yeah it's going all right <laughs> must be something with a presenter surely probably i mean he's he's quite good looking he's rich it's <laughs> a bit dry though, isn't it? A bit dry. <laughs> yeah. No, good stuff. Thanks very much, mate. No worries. Cheers, Ferb. Cheers. Have a good one, lads. You too, mate. Thanks very much. See you later. Right. Thank you for listening to the Guernsey Cricket Podcast. Remember to hit the subscribe button. 
and stay safe. Shoot me.